All right, chapter 15. And Andre did a really good job uh, last week on the first part of this from um, verses 1 to 15. And then we'll just recap on this. We know that this is um, going into Jesus' third year of his ministry, which he's on his way to Jerusalem, and he's, he's, he's going to sacrifice himself. But as he's going away, I, um, I named this uh, study the purpose and preparation for ministry. He's preparing his disciples for things to come. Now, he knows that um, they won't get it until they're actually baptized by the Holy Spirit. And, this, and, the, and part of God is in, in them. But right now, he's, uh, he's laying all the groundwork down. He's letting them know so when things come, they'll be ready. So in, in, in chapter 14, he says, he makes one of the biggest uh, claims that anybody could make. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, a lot of people say, you Christians are just so narrow-minded. You guys are, you know, Jesus is the only way to heaven? Yes. And it's so simple. See, God makes it simple because we are but sheep. And we're not always the brightest. I know I'm not the sharpest pencil in the bunch. But if he can get to me and speak to me and I can receive his word, I know anybody can. And if he can use me to, to teach and to, and to share his word, I know anybody can. So I, I know this isn't a big deal. I know that I'm not special because I'm up here teaching or, or just preaching, basically, because that's what I do. I evangelize. That's, that's my gift. But this church right here, this church prepares us in every way because that's what, that's, what this, that's what Xavier does. He equips us not to be sitting in pews and, and, and coming to church on Sunday and Tuesday night and Thursday night, but to go out and preach the gospel because that's, that's what our purpose is. That's why I call this the purpose of preparation because that's what Jesus is doing with his disciples here. And then the beginning of the first part of chapter 15, it says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. It's all about keeping connected to our vine. Because if we don't stay connected to the vine, we start to dry up. And then he breaks us off and throws us in the fire. That's not where you want to be. If you want to serve God, you need to stay close to Jesus as you can. And how do we stay close to Jesus? We have to be in his word every day. We have to be in fellowship with him every day. And then we have to be in fellowship with one another. Because we edify one another. We lift each other up. You know, a Christian can't be isolated. Not least he's on an island and he's all by himself. You know, that's the only way a Christian should be isolated. Like Gilligan or something. But other than that... We need to be interacting with one another. We need to be at these places, at these uh, Bible studies, and fellowshipping with one another. Because that's the only thing, that's only where growth comes and strength comes. Because there's strength in numbers. There's safety in numbers. If you isolate yourself as a Christian, you're basically telling Satan to come get me. Because there's no strength there. You You can fight him off for a little while. But you need your brothers and sisters to, to, to support you. We all need to be supported. I don't care who, what, what I was before I came to, uh, became a Christian. I thought, oh, I can handle everything. But I know I'm a weak person. 
And I know because I have you guys, it makes me stronger. And because I have the blood of Jesus Christ, that's total strength. So it says, I am the true vine. So we needed to stay connected to the vine. And it says, um, we are the branches. So as we're the branches, we are the body of Christ. And we gotta, we got to realize that, that as being the body, we do need, we all have different functions to do. So as we move forward, he talks about, in my study, it talks about from 16 to 27. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I took this uh, verse 16 and I, I broke it up into three parts. Because the first part it says, well, let me read the whole, the whole study and then we'll, we'll go back. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, the world would love his own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If, he, if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they kept my words, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had, come, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they, are, they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. And if I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have sinned. They have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in, the, in their law. They hated me without a cause. 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Okay, uh, chapter 16. The first part says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And it says, um, when I read this, the first thing that came to me was John 3.16. It said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, I know in context, when he talks about choosing, he chose, he's talking about the 12. He's talking to the 12. I chose you. But in the big picture, he's chosen every one of us. And as he's chosen every one of us, we have to, we have to make up our mind to choose him. Because without him, we can do nothing. It's a, you know... This is what King David told Solomon in 1 Chronicles 28, 9, to 9 and 10. He says, As for you, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, 
he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Now, that's, David, David was an awesome, awesome king, but he wasn't the greatest of fathers. But this is good advice, what he's telling his son. He's telling him, first of all, know God. See, you can't know God without being in the word of God. You have to search the scriptures. You have to build that relationship with our heavenly father. And the only way you can do that is through his son, Jesus Christ, because he is the only way. And as 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 David is 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 directing his son how to be a good king. He says, serve him with a loyal heart. It's all about our heart, guys. Where's your heart at? You know, I, I know I know in um, I think it's in um, Luke chapter 12. It talks about. Where your heart is, your treasure is. If your heart's with God, then your treasure is going to be in heaven. But if your heart is here in this world, then you're, at, you're an enemy of God. If you're looking for material things of this world to satisfy you, then you're looking in the wrong places. This is all talking spiritually. We have to be spiritually connected with our Heavenly Father. And the only way we can do that is through His Son. And He says, Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. What has he chosen you guys to do? What has he, I know he's chosen me for a couple of things. He's chosen me to go into the county jail and preach the gospel twice a month. And, and, and when, I, when I preach it in there, when I talk to the guys, they're all in there because of the choices they made. And a lot of them, some of them were Christians before they got busted. And now they're, they're seeking the Lord again. And it's okay. It's okay. Because we all make mistakes. I know I did a lot of things worthy to be in jail. But, you know, for whatever reason, God saved me from that. You know, I, I went in there for a little. I was in there for a little while, you know. And I, I got a taste of it, and I knew that I didn't want to be back in there again. <laughs> but you know what? I needed that. I needed that. I needed that slap in my face. I needed that humbling because it was a humbling experience. You know, you, you get treated like a dog, but it's okay because you need that sometimes. You need to be woken up. And it woke me up. But I still didn't become a Christian for you know at least 10 years after that. But I knew then that I didn't want to go in there again. So I, you know, I cleaned up my act a little bit, but I didn't have Christ. I was still a dead man walking. I was still on my way to hell. You know, it's, it's, it's funny that, you know, my older brother was a, is a pastor. And, I mean, he must have prayed for me for 20 years before I became a Christian. I was uh, 40 years old when I became born again. You know, and, the, and I'm 62 now. The Lord's used me for 22 years, and he's using me at an accelerated pace because I wasted all the other time. I wasted it. It was wasted. But thank God we have a God that gives us chances and chances and chances and chances because he sees the big picture. He knows the beginning and the end. He knew me when I was out there in the streets running around being a, being a, a crazy fool. But he knew where I was going to be today. And that's why he saved me there. 
so he can put me here today. He's in control. He's orchestrating everything. He's giving the divine uh, appointments out there. I tell those guys, every time they come out, they think, oh, I'm just going to go out to church because I don't want to be in here. But they don't understand. That's a divine appointment they got. They've been called out by the Holy Spirit, and they don't even know it. You know, the Lord takes us to a point where there's going to be that one key word that's going to be said that you're going to make a decision on. You're going to make a choice. And I tell them all, you're going to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Whether for God or against God, because there's no middle ground. There's no purgatory. There's no, I'll pray you in later. You make your choices now. This is the, this is the time. And, and most of those guys are in a desperate way. And I tell them, don't, don't, come, don't come, you know, saying, you know, the prayer because you're emotional. Because God sees right through that. We're transparent before God. He sees right to the heart. That's what he's telling, telling uh, uh, Solomon here. David is telling him, he searches our hearts. Serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. We have to have the mind of God. We put that on every morning. I got to put that on every morning. If I don't do that, I will fall. I have to be in the word every day. If I miss a day, I, 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 feel, I, feel, I feel like I'm starving. I feel, I feel like I'm just thirsty. I need, I need that living water. You need to feel like that or else you're going to fall away. One day turns into two days. Two days turns into a week. I haven't been in my word. You can't do that. You have to be in the word of God every day, especially me. I'm talking to me. Because, you know, this word speaks to me. And it speaks to every one of us, but it has that special relationship with each one of us. And that's what we got to understand. Because that relationship with God, you got to build on it. you got to work on it. It's not easy. It's not easy being a Christian. I mean, you, you, you say the prayer, and it's like a kumbaya moment real quick. And then the attacks come. Then the enemy's got you in his sights. Then everything gets hard. Everything got hard for Solomon after he became a king. Started multiplying his wives. Started doing things that, you know, he shouldn't have done. After he seen God and what he did and what he did for him. You know, I've seen God. I've seen God in his word. Every day I see him. I have that time with him. You have to. Solomon started kind of getting that distance, marrying foreign women, you know, looking at their gods, you know, and, and you always go, well, how did he do that? I mean, God spoke to him. God did this. We all have that, 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 uh, um, we all have that, that, like all the disciples, when, when Jesus said, one of you are going to betray me, all of them said, is it I? We all have that potential to fall away. We all have that potential to walk away from God. Like Xavier said, it's easier. Life is easier if you walk away. But then again, is it? After you've known God? If you've really known God and you walk away from God, you will never have a peaceful moment again. You will never have a peaceful moment again. Because there is no peace without him. After you've known him and seen what he can do, 
I mean, I see miracles all the time and you can't see those miracles if you're not stepping out. You have, every time I go in there and I, and I say the sinner prayer, I see these guys accept Christ. Those are miracles. When I came to God, it was a miracle. God does miracles every day. Every day. Don't ever think that God has stopped doing miracles or God has finished doing miracles. Every time a baby is born, it's a miracle. But yet we kill them in the womb. How about that? All these little miracles, but they're all in heaven. They're all in heaven and we'll see them all. Because our God, our God is love. You know, it's amazing. Our country, we just have so much to be thankful for. But yet we're going to be judged so hard because of what we've done. And um, John 6.70, it says, Jesus, Jesus answered him and said, Did I not cho- choose you, the twelve, and one of you is the devil? See, Judas walked with them for three and a half years. He saw what Jesus did. He, God used them. They all got, were sent out. They, I bet you Judas did miracles. Judas preached the gospel, but his heart was dirty. There's a lot of fake Christians out there. That's why we got to be in the word. That's why we got to be out there watching because there's, there's wolves in sheep clothing out there, guys. And we got to be careful. We got to be careful where our kids are. Be careful who our kids are hanging out with. Be careful who they're listening to. Because a lot of stuff sounds real good. But it's just sucking them in. You know, the music, you know, Satan was the was the angel of light, the angel of worship. You think he knows how to suck our kids in? <sighs> he knows how and he knows how to hurt us. But if we become kid worshipers, then we're going to be lost. We got to step up and, and lay it down and let our kids know that's wrong. You know, we got to love our kids. We got to take care of them. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. After what God has done for us, it's just a reasonable service that we serve him. I mean, God came down off his throne, came down, came in the form of a man and died on the cross for us. How amazing is that? If you really think about that, the creator of the universe came down and died for us because there was no other way to save us. That is so awesome. Every time I think of that, that I, I, I can't hardly hold, just contain myself because, because that's a good thing. That's how much he loves us. You know. He says, and do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Guys, we, we, we just, we're just here. We're servants. And if we continue to be in the word and continue to be out there walking with Christ and stepping out in faith, he's going to continue to use you. Believe me, just be available. That's all you have to be. And just start little baby steps. Go on a couple of mission trips or a couple, you know, or, or Mexico trips. But you know what? It starts at home first, guys. God says, if, if, if my home isn't in order, he can't use me anyplace else. 
I got to first get my home in order. And that was my, my first couple years in my walk was getting my home in order. Getting myself in order. So I can be used by God. And, and, you know, taking hatred out of your heart and unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness will send you to hell, guys. You can't hold unforgiveness in your heart. I mean, I don't say this a lot, but it's something I need to share. My daughter was molested by her stepfather. And and I wanted to take him out. I wanted to put this guy away. But I couldn't because how much would I have hurt my family without me being there? That's how my daughter got molested in the first place because it was with my first uh, first girlfriend, basically. I never married her. But I wasn't there for her. And that's that hurts. And those are the things you think about. But I have to forgive. I have to forgive this guy. Because if I held that hatred in my heart, how, how is God going to be in here? That's sin. You know, you just sin and, and, and the spirit cannot inhabit the same vessel. It's one or the other. And I had to take care of that. Now I can actually talk to the guy. You know, because I still see him. Her, her mother's still married to the guy. You know, so you have to deal with these things. But I just, I just say that because forgiveness is such a, a big part of our walk. People do a lot of bad things to us, but never as bad as what we did against Christ. Never. Because I did some bad stuff. And believe me, if God's using me, he can use everybody in this room. If you're just available. And uh, the second part of that, it says. um, I chose you and appointed you that you should bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. Bear fruit or stepping out in faith. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We have to, we have to first be baptized by the Holy Spirit before you can go out and bear that fruit. You have to ask the Holy Spirit into your life. Now, I, I understand in context, these guys are saved. I mean, if for some crazy reason, because Jesus is in control. You know, if they died, they would go to heaven because... Or go to the bosom of Abraham because Jesus hadn't died yet. But because Jesus is in control, they're not going to die. But they are born again. But you have to take that other step. You have to ask the Spirit to energize you. That's what the book of Acts is all about. It's about being energized to go out. To step out in faith. To trust God. Because if you don't trust God, who do you trust? Yourself? I can't trust myself. <laughs> I'm a mess. I can't trust myself. It says, uh, if you read Acts, it, well, you don't have to read or turn to it right now. I'll read it for you. Acts 26.40. This is what Philip did. He said, now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, 
who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship. And while returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the, the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? See, he was, he was led by the Spirit. The Spirit said, Philip, go. See, the Spirit tells us, go. And if we say no, if we quench that Spirit, you know, he'll use somebody else. And we don't go because, okay, God, okay, now you're going to bless me? No, we go because we've got to be obedient. Because obedience is what God, God longs for. He, he delights in obedience, not sacrifice. But what comes with sacrifice? Obedience. If, you, if you're obedient, you're going to sacrifice. Simple as that. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. you think that was just by accident? Reading the prophet Isaiah. Okay, <laughs> okay. And said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture where he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before his shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare, declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does this prophet say this? Of himself, excuse me, or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began, beginning at the scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as as he went down the, the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Amen. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized them. But when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. What do you think that eunuch did when he went back to Ethiopia? He told people about Jesus. And he says that your fruit will remain. That was part of Philip's fruit that God was, was making or, 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 or producing through him. Because he was available and he was obedient to the Spirit. See, we hear the Spirit when we're in our quiet time, when we're in our prayer time. God speaks to you. God speaks. If you're, if you're like holding back from maybe going on a mission trip or, or serving in the children's ministry or serving in one of the ministries, the, the hospitality ministry, if you're, you're holding back and you're, you don't know if you should do it, or, don't do all that. Just step out. God is calling you. He's speaking to you. You've got to allow the Spirit to, to control your life because that's what I've I got to allow. Do, or do I hinder them sometimes? I probably do. Because, oh, man, they don't want to think. They'll probably think I'm some crazy dude or something. You know? But uh, let me tell you, man, it's a mind blower. You step out in faith and allow Jesus to work in your life, allow the Spirit to, 
to uh, take you places where you've never gone? Get out of that comfort zone? Because believe me, this is not a comfort zone for me. But you know what? I have to step out. I have to be trained. I have to be able to speak the gospel. And this forces me to study my Bible. This forces me to speak in front of you guys. Because it, I, when I'm in the jail, man, it's like no problem. But when I'm with my brothers and sisters, when I'm with my family, it's always harder to speak with the family, you know? And so, but Philip was found in Ostas and passing through, he preached in all the cities and he came to Caesarea. We are to be out preaching the gospel. And so now we talked about the cho- uh, being chosen, bearing fruit. And he says, whatever you ask my father in my name, that he may give you. So, okay, let's name and claim it. Hey, Lord, man, you know, after all that walking, I need a Rolls Royce. I want you to hook me up, Lord, because, you know, I'm, I'm working for you. That's not what he's mind. This is all about spiritual strengthening, spiritual work. You know, in Matthew 6, 30, 33, it says, Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry about saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So we need to ask for things having to do with the will of God. Not, not for the material things, because God knows we need those things. That's okay. He knows we need those. And, you know, he, he gives us some of the th- you know, things that we need, and then some of the things we want. But, you know, those are things that are, that becomes from the favor of God for, by, by being out there working, doing what God has, has uh, gave us the, 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 the uh, gifts to do. We need to be out there. We need to be out there pounding. And, and, you know, sometimes he'll give us some of the things we want. But he knows the things we need. And, you know, basically that's all we need to, to survive. And he says, um, in 1 John 5, 14, 16, it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And if it, it you know, so the thing is, guys, we don't serve God to get material things. It's all in the spiritual realm. We serve God to get our treasures in heaven. You know, we, we don't, you know, God takes care of all, all the things we need. I mean, he pays my rent. He keeps my job. He gives me gas in my car. He gives me the car. You know, he takes care of all those things. And all he wants me to be is available so I can go out and preach the gospel. That's my job. That's my job. You know, I, I'm a roofer, you know, during the day. 
but I'm a, I'm a preacher all the time. <laughs> I'm preaching all the time. You know, I'm just in people's face sometimes. Sometimes I shouldn't be, but, you know, some, and they sit there. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. They're hearing, they're hearing Jesus. So, verse 6, verse 17. These things I command you, that you love one another. <laughs> Man, this is awesome. That you love one another. It says, by, in John thirteen thirty five. it says, By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And, you know, what's, what's so awesome about this is God loves me. He loves me unconditional. Unconditionally, he loves me. And, and, and what blows my mind is he loves me and he knows me. You know, most of you guys don't really know me. You probably wouldn't love me. But our God, he loves unconditionally. He loves with agape love. He loves us no matter what. And um, by this, why I'm saying this is because we are the body of Christ. And the reason our body stays together is because we have love for one another. Love is the bond of perfection. It, bo- it binds us together. I, I, you know, I preach to those guys in the prison, but you know what? I love those guys. I, I love them because that's, that, that's, that's the heart that God has given me for these men. I know they're broken. I know they're in a bad way. I've been there. You know, I, 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 my heart goes out to them. Now, I know some of them are out there just to, you know, just to get out. But you know what? They've heard the word of God. Now it gets serious because now they got to make a choice. Because once you hear the word, you're accountable to the word. See, the, the, the Bible tells us the word doesn't, uh, doesn't return void. You know, that, that, it doesn't matter. Something gets in there. Seeds are planted. Even if they don't receive Christ right away, that seed is there. And, and somebody else will come along and water that seed until they, it just breaks them and they fall on their face. And it says um, in John 4, 10, 11, it said, And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be propitiation for our sins. It said, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. <laughs> really? Yes. First John 4, 20 and 21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Period. That's what that's what bonds us together, guys. I mean, I I I can tell you wholeheartedly that I love everybody in this room. Because I have no problem with that. I have no problem. You're my family. You're the people that I'm gonna be spending eternity with. Amen? We're gonna be rejoicing, sliding down streets of gold, walking through big pearly gates. Praise God, man. I can't wait. 
But until that time, we got work to do. We got work. Paul says, you know, absent from the body, he's present with the Lord. I'd rather be with God right now. But he has put me down here for a purpose. We're all here for a purpose. Know your purpose. How do you know your purpose? By being in the word of God. Because God's going to tell you your purpose. You just got to be flexible. You got to be available. And then 18. It says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. And then 19, it says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Do you see that now in this world, guys? Do you feel the hate that they have for us? You know, all you got to say is, I'm a Christian. They don't even know you. I hate you. Well, he's lucky I'm not in my own self because I just rang in the neck. <laughs> but I got to say, you know what? We got to deal with love. He says, God tells us to do everything in love. If we don't do it in love, then it's worthless. He says, as though you slay whatever dragons. Or go out there and preach the gospel and people get saved. If you're not doing it out of love, what good is it? I mean, people the people that got saved, they're going to be okay. But it's you. It's you. We got to learn how to love. And I just, man, I just see it in the news. I mean, Bernie Sanders. Because they, they were uh, one of the guys that, that Trump picked was, was a born-again Christian. So he was hitting them with these questions. So you think Jesus is the only way? So Muslims and this and this and this, oh, they, they won't go to heaven, only Christians? And the guy goes, kept saying, well, yeah, that's why I went to this Christian university. That's what I learned. That is my faith. Yes. Well, I, I, I'm not voting for you. I don't think you. And this is a Jew. I mean, we get attacked so much by Jews. Bill Maher. They're all Jews, hating Jews, you know, and it's and it's a crazy thing. The world just hates us. They don't even know us. You know, some hate us behind our back because some guys at work, they're not going to tell me in my face. So they're like, okay, yeah, Don's, you know, he's one of those Jesus freaks. Don't tell him I said it, though. That's okay. That's okay. I love him, man. I love the guys at work. I, I just proclaim the gospel, and they look at me like I'm some nut. You know, I've been there 37 years, so, you know, all, all the other bosses and stuff, they go, I mean, actually, Xavier did a message on, on Catholicism. And this guy at work was a Catholic. So I said, hey, you know, I, I got a tape, especially for him. I said, hey, listen to this. Well, the next thing I know, I'm being called in the office, because I'm attacking his religion. And I told him, because I, I thought, I knew this guy. I was giving it to him because I love him. I, I want you to know the truth. And so I went in his office. I said, hey, bro, what's up? You could have just told me and gave me the tape back and said, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. God's a gentleman. He don't force himself on nobody. You could have just done that, bro. He goes, 
And he goes, well, I didn't like it. You offended me. He wanted to try to get me fired. Of course, my boss said, you know, Don, just don't do that no more, okay? I said, okay, okay, boss. I've given my boss tapes. You know, he, he's wanted to know. I bought him a Bible. I bought him a Bible, a nice study Bible, too. And, uh, you know, he, my boss is one of those. And I love my boss. He's a cool guy. But he's one of those intellects, man, that just want to try to, you know, make everything, you know, intellectual. I can't believe a guy lived 900 and something years. can't believe the world was flooded. can't believe this. can't believe that. I said, well, you know, you have to believe the first verse of the Bible to believe any of the Bible. You know, if you don't believe God created everything, then forget it. You ain't going to believe nothing else. Oh, it's a good book. Get so tired of hearing that. It's a good book. Verse 20. Remember the word I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. And 21, it says, But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. He's letting them know these things are coming. It's not going to be party time. It's not going to be good time. These, these people are going to come after you. Because you're, but you know what? It's funny. The more we read the Bible, you learn that through persecution, the church just keeps growing. Because these guys are willing to die and, 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 and proclaim the gospel before they'll, they'll say, Jesus is not my Savior. They'll die for it. And, and the people, even the people that are persecuting, they're going, you know, you see it all the time, you know. I mean, some of these videos of these Christians getting wiped out all over the world. But, you know, for some reason, they, they all have like a calm look on their face. They're being burned. You don't see them, ah, they're like this. Because, you know, Stephen was the first martyr. And they stoned Stephen to death. But they said they were looking at his face like the face of an angel. These guys were yelling and throwing stones at him. and All he could do is focus on Jesus. See, Jesus tells us, his promise is, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will never give you more than you can handle. These are promises of God. God can't lie. And I believe that these people are, are dying these horrific deaths. But God is comforting them. In the midst of all that. And our, our, God, our God can do anything. He takes the pain. He takes, that's why while these people are persecuting them, they're being saved. They're going, wow, this is a powerful God. Daniel in the lion's den. Lions were starving. Look at like, Daniel, all right. Yeah, I'm just chilling. He's laying on the lions. Oh, yeah, I'm chilling. Get Daniel out of there. Before those guys, they chewed up all the, all of their, of the people's families that told them to throw them in there. They were so hungry. But Daniel's petting them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a good night's sleep. These lions were protecting me. It's just through persecution, our church grows. Because we're a witness even more so. Because people can't believe it. They can't believe it. They can't believe that this man is not screaming and crying for his life. 
absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's where we all want to be. That's where I want to be. You know, sometimes you think, man, where's this world going? Syria, North Korea, all this stuff, you know, Russia. And our smart President Obama, oh, Russia's, Russia's no problem. That's what he told Mitt Romney. Oh, you living back in the 70s? It's a Cold War. He ain't saying that now. ISIS, all the JV team. That man didn't know nothing. He had no, no sense of what's going to happen. He just wanted to go on vacation. Play golf. Oh, well, I mean, whatever. Whatever. And in uh, verse 22, it says, If you had come and spoken to them, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. And James 4.17, it says, Therefore, you know, he's talking to us, but, you know, this even goes deeper. In 23, it says, um, and he who hates me hates my father also. It, it just goes, it goes deep. It says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him is a sin. And once the word goes out and you hear it, see, all these people seen miracles Jesus did. They say seen miracles. They, 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 they heard him preach. They, they heard him teach. If they didn't hear all that, they didn't see all that, then they wouldn't have no sin. But they seen it and heard it. Just like we're hearing it. Just like the guys in the county jail hear it. They're accountable. Now they know what sin is. Now you can't stand before God and say, well, I didn't know. No, you knew. And you denied it. Some people might only have one chance to be born again. And, and, and God tells us in... in uh, and um, I think it's in uh, Isaiah 55 or 53. It says, seek God while he's near. Seek God while you can. Because if you miss these moments, it might not be another moment. And you can't say, I didn't know or I didn't have a chance. Everybody on this earth will have at least one chance to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. At least one chance. And wouldn't you want to be that person to, to, to be the one that's preaching that day when that person has a chance? You know, that's why we got to step out. That's why we got to preach the gospel. That's why we got to be bold. Because I am very bold when I preach. I was very bold in the world. And God uses that same boldness for my ministry, for his ministry, through me. I, I, you know, he uses those personalities. You know, Paul, Paul was very zealous for God. But he just didn't know what God. Once he found out who Jesus was, he was very zealous for Jesus. Because that was his personality. It says, he who hates me hates my father also. Once again, we go to, to John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father but through me. Muslims, I'm sorry. Buddha, I'm sorry. All those other religions, yes, we are very narrow-minded. Jesus is the only way. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. If you take one of those out of there, you're not serving my God. You know, it's, it's plain and simple. It's pretty easy. 
But it just, we complicate things. How can God be three persons? What is this? Oh, okay, the creator of the universe can't be three persons? Come on. I'm, even that, I'm that smart enough to know that. You know, I mean, God can do anything. You know, God's spirit, God's son. He, you know, he had to come in the flesh so we could touch him and see him. Because we, most people don't want to believe what they can't see. So Jesus came down. God came down and said, hey, check me out. I'm pretty cool, ain't I? <laughs> he said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You, you, you can't distinguish. You can't take them apart. They're the same. That's why he was so in agony on the cross when he had to take on the sin of the world because he had to separate himself from the Father for, the Father for that once split whatever time it was. Probably for him, it felt like an eternity because he, he never had been separated from the Father. So, you know, you can't have one without the other. And the Holy Spirit. All three of them. They're all God. You know, I try to explain it to the um, guys in prison like this. I say, you got an egg. You got the egg shell. You got the egg... White, and you got the egg yolk. But what do you call it? It's an egg. It's one egg with three parts. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's that simple. You look at me like, yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Hey, shut up. That's <laughs> funny. Some of those guys are funny in there. The guys start getting out of hand, and they'll take care of them. Hey, 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 pastor's talking. Oh, I'm not a pastor. I'm a preacher. Whatever you are. Talking. Shut up. Yeah, it gets funny in there sometimes. But those guys, they, they love it. They love the word. You know? And, you know, they receive the word. You know, they come out broken. They go back in. They go back to their cells mended. You know? It, it's just, it's, it's amazing to see the Holy Spirit break down a man that comes out like, okay, okay, preacher, what do you, what do you got to preach? I'm going, oh, well, sit down, bro. <laughs> Start preaching. That face comes like this. And the contents just goes. And then all of a sudden there's tears in the eye. I mean, this is a transformation that you don't see if you're not out there. The Holy Spirit will break anybody down. He broke me down. He broke me down. Big time. He humbles us. Next thing you know, hey, can you pray for me, bro? I mean. And they start telling me their life story. And, and I say, man, Spirit, you, Holy Spirit, you are one. Man, it, it blows me away every time. You know, every time he has something new for me. You know, his, 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 his mercies and his blessings are new every morning. God always has something for us. If you're serving him, if you're in his word. You know, he says, if you, if you seek me, you'll find me. Simple stuff. Simple, because I'm a simple person. I'm much up there. But you know what? God is enough to say, I do to Christ. You know, that's all I had to do. He did everything. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't even a very good reader until I became a born again Christian. You know, by reading this Bible every day, it taught me how to really read and understand and comprehend. 
You know, this is the greatest book in the world. This teaches you science. It teaches you literature. English. Yeah, yeah, I'm not speaking Ebonics no more. I'm speaking, <laughs> you know, I'm not speaking ghetto. I'm not speaking Wato. Speaking English, hey. Man, God, you are good. And it says, um, in 24, it says, if I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also, they they have seen and also hated both me and my father. Because if you hate the son, you hate the father. It's just that simple. These people will not receive me. And they say they love God. It can't be. It can't be. You can't love this. You can't love God, the father and hate the son. It's impossible. And 20 and, and John three, two, it says this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. This was Nicodemus. Remember, he creeped over to Jesus' house at night. Hey, Jesus, what's up? Hey, man, tell me more about this stuff, man. And he laid it out to to Nicodemus. Nicodemus became born again. But all these Sadducees and Pharisees, they all knew Jesus was from God. But he was a threat to him. See, when, 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 when your hatred becomes greater than your love, then you follow that hatred. They hated Jesus so much because he was a threat to their authority, even though they knew he was God. Because the things he did, Nicodemus said, you're either from God or you're God. He claimed to be God. And they knew it. And they hated him. They hate us. Because we say he's the only way. That's just that's just the way it is, guys. And and it's it's just a matter of time before this country starts persecuting us. They've already done it in in in, in subtle ways. You know, by by saying, Oh, you can't bring that Bible to work. Or you can't your kids can't have their Christian group in school. They can have a Satan group. They can have a, a homosexual group, but they can't have a Christian group. Oh, no. You're pushing your religion off on us. The Ten Commandments have to come off the wall. What is wrong with the Ten Commandments? The first four of them are telling you your relationship with God. The last six are telling you how to live amongst others, how to love one another. It's crazy. It's a crazy world. Our country is crazy. I just don't know what to do anymore. It's not the world I grew up. I grew up, I was born in 1955, growing up in the 60s and the 70s. It was cool, you know, people still, you know, if, 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 you know, if you lived together, you were living in sin. That was a common saying. Hey, you guys are living in sin. You guys shouldn't be doing that. You need to get married. 
or having babies out of wedlock. Oh, my goodness. Those are bad things. I mean, it was little by little going the other way. You knew that. You know, hey, just live with her. Don't marry her. Check it out first. You know, doing all that. You know, it's just, you've seen the world just going that way. But now we're at a point where people are just lost their mind. Like Xavier said, we've gotten so open-minded, our brains have fallen out. <laughs> you know, it's, you know it's, the Democrats have no brain. Some of the stuff they're trying to push, it's, it's like, you don't know what bathroom to go to? We're all the same gender? I mean, I still don't think that women should be in combat. I, I think there's a place for women in the army, but not in combat, not out there in the trenches. That, that's not a place for women. You know, we, we, of course, you know, we're the weak vessel, they're the weaker vessel. You know, I'm not, you know, but we complete each other. I know that. I know I can't live without my wife. Because she takes care of me. And I need a lot of taking care of. <laughs> like I said, I ain't the sharpest pencil in the bunch. You know. But I could cook breakfast. <laughs> make some pancakes. <laughs> so I help her out. I, I make her some good breakfasts. This, but in 25 it said, but this happened that the word might be fulfilled which is written in the law. They hated me without a cause. You know, Isaiah 5.20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We're living in those times right now, aren't we? We're living in the times of judges where everybody did what was right in their own mind. There's always, everything's a gray area now. There's no right or wrong. Oh, whatever you think. Okay, so if I murder you right now and I think it's okay, is that cool? Well, well, no, that's wrong. Hello? You know, it's just, we're living in crazy times, guys. We got to be prayed up. Be strong in the word because the attacks are coming. We got to be soldiers. We moved from disciples to soldiers, disciple soldiers. That's what we are. Because they're coming and they're coming at us. In 26, it says, but when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. In 14, 15, he talks, he's talking about the Holy Spirit's coming. See, I'm letting you guys know all this right now. But it won't really sink in until the Holy Spirit really brings it in. But you remember, you see everything I'm doing because he's going to bring remembrance to all this. And then he's going to give you the power to do it. Because he says greater things that we'll do than what he did. You know, it's amazing because when, when we, we're in charge of being vessels to build the church. We are the church. But we're also vessels to tell everybody else the good news. That's why he says greater things. The more we go out there and preach, the more, more numbers come, the bigger the church gets. And, and, and that's what Jesus wants. 
He wants to come by. He wants to come back and see us worshiping him. And and, uh, 27. And you shall and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. John. First, John one to one. First, John one to four, it says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon with our hands and have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested that we have seen and bear witness and declare to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested to us, which is Jesus Christ. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Are you joyful right now? Because I know there's a lot of things happening. I talked about a lot of stuff that's bad stuff that's happening. But is is it taking your joy? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for my brothers and sisters here, Lord. And just thank you for the love in this room, Lord. Father God, I just pray for them. I pray for traveling mercies as people are going home. And if there's anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, come up and talk to me. We'll say a prayer. And uh, you just you can't leave here if you don't know Christ. And leave, it, 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 you came here not knowing Christ. You can't leave here without accepting him. But it's your choice. And it's always about choices we make. So, Father God, thank you for this night. Thank you for this, for my brothers and sisters. And just thank you for this time, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.